take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. Hi, I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean, and this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Please check us out online on our Facebook page and Instagram at Couple Synergy or our website, couplesynergy.com. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for over 20 years. You know, everyone says you should work on your relationship, but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast to teach people what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of. With the partner they fell in love with. On today's episode, we will be talking about criticism. Criticism is a very negative thing in a relationship. And it has been said to be part of the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse by John Gottman, the researcher on relationships. Yeah, the Four Horsemen are the predictors of relationship fail. But before we go into that, we just wanted to talk a little bit about how Couple Synergy, the podcast, is doing. I, I think this is really exciting because um, we we really don't promote Couple Synergy podcast too much. No, not yet. And we are over 90,000 unique downloads, which is really amazing. And we are also being picked up in over 129 countries. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, it is really cool. I mean, to see that we have some listeners in Malawi and in Bulgaria and Barbados. I mean, it's it's really great to see this. It's Mm -hmm. really amazing. That's cool. So it's like we're in our home pub, and it's like the whole world's down here with us. Absolutely. Yeah, we're like having a conversation <laughs> with the world, right? It's very cool. <laughs> so, you know, along the same lines of having a conversation with the world, I and mean, we're going to converse today about criticism. Um, many times when we get in front of couples, we will see this pattern in their relationship where there is a lot of criticism you know, maybe from one partner to the other. Sometimes it's both, but typically we've seen it's from one partner to the other. Would you say? Yeah, I almost think that criticism is sort of like externalized shame. So like when you're in your own head and you're judging yourself and you feel bad, you can't really also do that to too many other people in the world or they're not going to like you very much. And your partner, who's your closest person, will tolerate it without leaving you, hopefully, for some period of time. But after a while, it really is the thing that has to change because it makes you feel bad being the criticizer. It makes your partner feel bad being criticized. And if there isn't good balance, it'll destroy a relationship. Well, I think also from our perspective, we have seen the person doing the criticizing as feeling justified for criticizing their partner. Right, And their partner is not innocent. Typically, we're going to see this power differential in the relationship where one person is taking on this role of being a parent and the other partner is taking on this role of being the child. And so 
the partner in the parent role has to dictate to their partner in the child role as to what they're doing, what they're not doing, and often it comes across as criticism. Criticism is not a complaint. It's not a partner saying, I, I didn't like what you did there. It made me feel uneasy or insecure. Criticism is a definition of who that person is. You're almost labeling that person and saying, you are lazy or you always or never. So there's these superlatives that often accompany the, the criticism. Yeah, and that's why I'm thinking it's related to shame because shame is a verb of being. Criticism is also a verb of being. Like you are instead of you did. That's a verb of doing. Right? Yes, it's definitive. Mm -hmm. Why do you think someone would have a passion for criticizing a person that they fell in love with and made a home with and have a relationship with? Well, with this power differential, the person doing the criticism has to be in control because there is this fear of a lack of control. Or maybe there has been a history of a lack of control in the relationship. Maybe there was a trust violation. And so now the person has to overcompensate and take back that power and control their partner so that they can make sure that they are not going to be hurt. They're not going to be abandoned. They're not going to be rejected. And so by controlling their partner, by telling them what they should be doing or what they shouldn't be doing, they feel like they are protecting themselves. Yeah, that probably works pretty well. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> it's a false sense right. of security. Yeah. And as I said earlier, the person criticizing feels justified because their partner isn't doing the work. Typically, their partner is withdrawing or isolating or distancing themselves because they don't want to be criticized, right? They feel this blame and they feel this shame, and so they are withdrawing more from the relationship, which causes the person criticizing to intensify that criticism. Because it increases their fear. Because it increases their fear, and so now they have to take more, more control in order to mitigate that fear. But as I said, the, the other partner is not innocent. They're, they're not stepping up into the relationship. They're not being assertive. They're not standing up for themselves and speaking their truth. And so the person criticizing feels justified that if I don't tell them what to do, or if I don't motivate them, then nothing is going to change. It also allows the other person, the one that's being criticized, to not have to take responsibility because they feel that, you know, their partner took responsibility in telling them what to do. So they get to either be victimized, like, I don't like how I'm being treated and they always are yelling at me and blah, blah, blah. But they also don't take responsibility for what they could do to be stepping into this relationship more. That's why it's that 50-50 kind of thing. And at some level, you, a person being criticized if they are in a long-term relationship where this is happening, somewhere in there, they must feel they deserve to be treated that way. Maybe they were treated that way by their parents, or they beat themselves up internally a lot. And I, so it's a kind of a self-esteem type of issue as well. On both sides. On both sides. Right. 
Because if you have a healthy self-esteem, you tend not to criticize or be criticized or tolerate criticism. Absolutely. If you have a healthy self-esteem and this is the state of the relationship, you're going to leave the relationship. Or speak up and work on it. Right. Because it is not going to meet the expectations that you set for yourself. Not the expectations you're setting for your partner, the expectations you're setting for yourself. And if you are not living up to that, then you are going to make a change in your life regardless of whether your partner does or not. Yeah, so one thing that happens when we get criticized is it instantly goes into that reactive part of our brain. And as soon as we're criticized, we're going to fight. We're starting to fight. We're going to criticize back. We're going to one-up. Or we're going to try to get our partner to stop in some way. We may even try to change our behavior to get them to stop, which might also go against what we think we should be doing just to please our partner. And that's where it gets really dangerous because if you're in a relationship and both people aren't taking responsibility for their own behaviors and actions and have their own internal uh, integrity and code of, of ethics of how they believe is right to be in a relationship and you give that power up, then nobody is really in control. And everything gets extremely reactive. Absolutely. And that is part of the premise, you know, that we work from with couples. And that is that each person contributes equally to the condition of the relationship. So it's not, you know, one or the other person's fault. This is a product of both people not really speaking from their truth, not being authentic in the relationship. Do you ever try to, when someone criticizes you, do you ever try to like figure out if maybe they're right? I think there's a natural tendency to look internally and maybe not initially. I think initially if you are on the receiving end of criticism, you are going to be defensive because people don't like to be told or what? shown their flaws. What? Right. Re- regardless <laughs> of whether the flaws are correct or not. Mm-hmm. If someone is criticizing you, you are going to be guarded. You're going to be defensive. You're going to have a reaction that is defensive in nature. I think after the fact, when you are away from the situation, you are going to naturally look inward. And you're going to be asking yourself the question about whether what that person said is true. And if you are a person that has low self-esteem or tends to beat yourself up, I think that internalization is going to be much more intense versus someone who externalizes their low self-esteem. And criticizes. And criticizes, right? Or blames. You know, then you're going to turn outward and project that blame and shame onto others. Most couples who try to work on the relationship say it's a communication issue. And criticism is a great way to shut that communication down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you both go into your own world and kind of justify each of your own bad behaviors, right? Because you're not, when you go into your own world, it's not a good place to be because you have no one to counteract your false thinking, right? And it happens so often when we don't check something out like, you know, what's really going on for someone in our head, we turn them into like a monster. Like they're, we get really black and white. And that is really, really dangerous in a relationship and doesn't feel good 
free the person. Well, it just doesn't lend to cooperation and understanding and compassion for your partner. You you don't tend to want to turn towards them as a unit and help each other grow and evolve. You actually start looking at your partner as a competitor. And so from behind those walls, yes, you're definitely going to turn them into a monster. You know, this person is telling me that I am lazy or that I am no good or whatever, and I have to protect myself from that. So this person now who is supposed to be your closest person in the world now is someone that you don't want to have anything to do with whatsoever. And, you know, vice versa, the person who's criticizing, they're looking at their partner like, you know, why can't this person just step up and and be there for me and be a support and someone that I can depend on? And so now you lose respect for this person that is supposed to be an equal partner. And now you have to protect yourself from them too. I have to start doing things for myself or I need to intensify my motivation to get them to change. And now let's take a little break to tell you a little bit more about our home study course called Relationship 101. One of our passions is really to bring this work to everybody. And a lot of times what we hear is one person in the relationship is wanting to work on it, the other one is not. And so this is a great way for you guys to get a taste of what it is like to work on your relationship in a fun eight date night video series to learn what you need to learn. Yeah, Relationship 101 consists of eight video modules, typically about 30 to 40 minutes long, with some discussion questions and exercises for couples to do together at the end. This is kind of a culmination of our work over 20 years and synthesizing all of the skills and tools necessary to create an amazing relationship. This online course consists of eight modules, which is five plus hours of course content. It also includes bonus resources, all designed to learn and grow together as a couple. It's fun, it's insightful, and gives you a great excuse to spend some extra quality time with your partner. All of this course content is valued at over $850. Currently now, it is priced at $387. And if you just go to go.couplesynergymethod.com slash relationship 101, it'll take you directly to the link. That's go.couplesynergymethod.com slash relationship 101. And if you're a single person, you can still benefit from it. So the way out of criticism is to turn that around, right? To look at why am I in a relationship with someone that I think this way about? Like in in myself, why would I be with someone like that? And oftentimes you'll find it is a safety, control, insecure thing inside of you, which drives you to want to come so forcefully at another person, especially after you've been together a bit and it's vulnerable. It's vulnerable to speak your truth. It's vulnerable to share emotion. It's vulnerable to potentially uh, let go of a relationship. Those are all really hard things to do. 
And when we stay in criticism and we think we're right, we don't have to feel those deeper emotions that are much more uncomfortable. Right, because ultimately the fear is is that this relationship is going to end mm-hmm. and this person is going to abandon me or reject me. And it turns into this self-fulfilling prophecy where you end up creating it anyway. Right, because who's going to want to hang out with you if mm-hmm. you're treating them like that? You know, a lot of times, unfortunately, when this becomes public, when there's public criticism, oh, yeah. we're criticizing our partner in front of other family members or friend groups, which I'll tell you this, is really uncomfortable for the other people as well. And we like to talk about this as the Jerry Springer effect, right? Like yeah. you want to share your your stuff because you think you're right, but you just kind of look like a fool and your partner looks like a fool and you look like you're uh, made some bad decisions in your life. You don't look like, wow, you're amazing and your partner's terrible. Right. We've all been around couples that are like that and mm-hmm. it's very, very awkward where they, you know, the, the person's saying, oh, can you believe that my partner would do this? Oh my gosh, it's it's terrible, isn't it? And then they're looking for you to validate them. Mm-hmm. And they're only hearing your side of it. Right. So totally unfair. And damaging, very damaging. I think what's unfortunate is that a lot of couples stuck into in this pattern of that criticism victim cycle. I mean, I, I put victim in quotation yeah. marks mm-hmm. because the person's not really a victim, right. right? But couples who are stuck in this pattern, they can do this forever. Oh, yeah. yeah and just because criticism is embedded in their relationship, it doesn't mean that they're headed towards divorce. Mm-hmm. Right. But they can stay in that toxic cycle for so many years. And a lot of times it's the toxicity that keeps them together. Mm-hmm. That's like the majority of their relationship. And so it's the ups and downs in this drama cycle that keeps them on that edge, right? Keeps that fight or flight going and the adrenaline and cortisol going running in their system. And so because of that, it it almost becomes like an addiction. Absolutely. Yeah. And it would release all those kind of things just like anger does where you're, you know, you feel justified and you're in that place of adrenaline, cortisol, you know, norepinephrine. I mean, all of these, these neurotransmitters that are part of the fight flight response that is what feels exciting in the relationship, even though it is uncomfortable and painful. Yeah, when we're in that place, we actually, our sense of hearing lessens. Our vision, we lose our peripheral vision, we get tunnel vision. And we can't really resolve any issues when we're in that place. And so the easiest way to know if you're in that place or not is check your pulse. If you have an ele- elevated pulse, so if normally you're around a 70 and you're up at a 90 or 100, you're in that place where you can't have a conversation because your hearing has gone down. Your ability to really see things has gone down. So you really need to learn to calm yourself down and to re-engage your prefrontal cortex so that you can have a more logical conversation about what you're feeling and not allow the feelings to just drive into those defensive emotions, the secondary ones, right? Anger and 
resentment and frustration and worry and anxiety, all those things where we need those primary emotions to be protected. So we put those secondary emotions up there, which are easier for us to tend to. I think that's the quickest way to realize whether you're in that fight or flight place. And that's when your emotional brain is activated and you are not thinking rationally at all. That's a physiological way Mm -hmm. to really know whether you're you're in that or not. You can also count your breaths as well. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, over a course of a minute, if your breaths are over... 16, for sure, you're in that place. You're in that place, definitely. The average American is 12. But when we are in our uh, parasympathetic nervous system, we're between four and seven breaths per minute. That's where we need to be, where we're calm. It's like you wouldn't talk to a child who is having a tantrum. You would soothe them and calm them down first. You got to calm down that child inside of you having the tantrum, right? Another way, and that's a physiological way of understanding whether you are in that fight or flight place in your relationship or just for yourself, but another way is in your thoughts. And if your thoughts about your relationship center around if my partner would only change. If they would change, then things would be better. Then you know that you're also stuck in the same cycle because it's not about changing your partner at all. It is about understanding you, your own expectations in this relationship and whether you are actually meeting your own expectations. If you have hit a deal breaker, and you haven't acted on that, well, that's on you. It's not on your partner. And so understanding where you are taking responsibility is another way of understanding whether you're in this cycle or not. You know, one thing you can do is kind of write down some of your criticisms of your partner, your complaints, right? And then ask yourself, You know, and this is a good thing to journal because when we journal, we access a different part of our brain. And so it helps us get more in touch with that emotion that's behind it. And as you journal, ask yourself, how does this hurt me? What am I worried about? What am I afraid of? So if my partner does this, why do I have such a reaction? And that'll help you figure out what you really need to be communicating Because whatever the criticism is, it's usually pretty surface and has a deeper meaning that we never get to. Because we stay at that superficial level Mm -hmm. of arguing about the dishes, right? Or the garbage or whatever it is that your partner didn't do Mm -hmm. that you now have to do, right? If the argument stays at that place, like we said, you can do that forever. You're never actually going to get down to that 85% under the water and be able to heal anything. You know, in some ways, as human beings, we like that. We like certainty. And if you can count on your partner to let you down in a consistent way, you know what you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. It's not change or it's, vulnerable. It's or, familiar. Yeah. So we're always telling people that we're working with, like, if this feels confusing and awkward and uncomfortable, that's what we're looking for. We're not looking for your comfort zone. Your comfort zone is where the problem is. And a lot of times 
consistent criticism can feel more familiar or comfortable than trying to do something different. When we when we tell couples that, you know, this is comfortable, they always say, No, it's not. It's not comfortable at all. But what we're what we mean is that it is known. Mm-hmm. It's what you know. It's your dance that the two of you do, and it's familiar. Even if it's painful, it's a pain that you know versus the pain that you don't. Doing something different and risking the relationship falling apart or your partner leaving you, that's a pain that you don't know. And most people are willing to stay in a pain that they do know versus risk the unknown. Yeah, criticism always originates from, you know, we have three centers of power. We have our thoughts, we have our feelings, and we have our instincts, which are really our base emotions that are really fast and reactive. And it's always a combination of that instinctual part of us and our thoughts. And we shut down our feelings. We shut our heart down because that's where it's vulnerable and scary. And what's in our head is what we know. And so if we are coming across an event that instinctually feels unsafe, we will go to what we know, which is to try to motivate our partner to do something different by criticizing them. But we can't do that without a shutdown heart. And when we shut our hearts down, it ultimately, that energy gets stuck in there and can lead to being sick, physically getting sick. And you can feel it. You can feel it in your body. Oh, yeah, definitely. It does affect couples regardless of what role you're playing Mm -hmm. whether you're the criticizer or you're the receiver of the criticism many couples stuck in this cycle for a long period of time they suffer from a lot of physical abnormalities and Mm -hmm. physical issues yeah because we regulate our partner's biorhythms so if we're dysregulated they're going to be dysregulated. And and if you keep each other in that state, instead of coming to a place of regulation or resolution, then you're constantly in that place where you're not able to send energy to the other parts of you that really need healing, like how we repair cells and digest food, all that stuff will get messed up. So criticism is both unhealthy for the person receiving it and for the person who's giving it. And if you're kind of stuck in a tug of war like this with your partner on either end of it, you know, just find your partner, look into their eyes, hold their hands, and just say, I, I want to do this different. I'm tired of hurting you. I'm tired of being hurt. So we want to thank you today for joining us and for listening to Couple Synergy on the topic of criticism. Our passion is in helping couples and people have happy and healthy relationships. And this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. For all of you listening, please subscribe to our podcast and please leave us a review. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs, such as the Home Study Course, called Relationship 101, the Couples Weekend Intensive, our online membership called Connections, and our premier coaching program called Couple to Couple. Look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. 
Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez. Mm-hmm.